0: Some of you have been to my house, and uh, all of you have driven by my house, whether you know it or not. Uh, I live on Bear Valley Road here, and as you go towards the Whiting Center, uh, we are on the left. You can't really see our house because there's these monstrous trees out there—sequoias uh, and cedars—and and and some of them, if you look at them, the, the, you know the base of the stump is is really big. It's huge and. Uh, these particular kind of trees, mostly sequoias, uh, they will uh, become, they'll, they'll probably outlive me. Uh, they'll just keep growing unless we kill them. Uh, uh, but uh, they'll just keep growing. They'll just keep growing. They're just monstrous trees. And some of you would ask, you know, like, well, how'd they get there? And I'd say, I don't know. Somebody planted them. Uh, I I look at our neighbors and nobody else has these amazing trees. So somebody planted them. And I can tell, you know, by looking at the deed to our house and, you know, poking around on the Internet that there have been a couple of people that have lived in this house before us. And uh, some of you have told me stories uh, because you know the neighborhood and uh, you know what was going on. And uh, you knew that there was a lady who lived in this house She actually uh, was the first owner of the house. It was built, and and then she planted a bunch of trees. I've never met this lady. I've never met her. Uh, But because of what she did, we have these amazing trees uh, on our property. Uh, There are other trees on our property, Um, some, some of them shorter. and I don't know if right before she left, she was continuing to plant trees. I don't know that. There was one other family that lived a short period of time. Maybe they planted trees right before they sold the house to us. But we have we have a lot of trees. We have a lot of trees. And then, not, not in this order, but then I married a woman from Oregon. You ever been to Oregon? A lot of trees. And so uh, we continued to plant other trees. And so the, I, I know where they came from. I know I was there, Rebecca and I chose places and stuff. These trees, I know where they came from, but those other trees, I don't know, uh, but I'm experiencing the benefit of them uh, even now. When I think of uh, what it is to be a mother, um, it's very interesting to me uh, because obviously I'm not a mother. Uh, I had a mother. I live with a mother. Actually, I live with two mothers. My mother-in-law lives with us as well. And uh, I have a daughter who might be a mother someday, and I have two daughter-in-laws that most likely will be mothers as well. One is even pregnant now. Um, She was singing right here. Uh, She's around here somewhere, and I just probably embarrassed her. Sorry. Uh, It's hard to be, it's hard to marry into a pastor's family. I just tell you what. Um, But I think about this, and I think about, you know, um, I know who my grandmother was. I, I, I know, I know both, both my grandmothers, I knew them fairly well, and uh, obviously I heard stories from my parents about my grandmothers. But you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know if this is bad to say. I don't feel bad about it at all. I have no conscience about this. But I don't even know the names of my great-grandmothers. Oh. You know why? Because I never met them. Like, like they're, they're ancient history to me. But what's interesting about that to me is that they somehow had an impact on my grandmothers. And my grandmothers, I, I definitely know who they are. I definitely know who they are. And I, know, I can see the impact they had in my mom and my dad. Like I know that, like I, I can connect that. I, I could see in their personality and how they handled life and their faithfulness and their their strength and their perseverance and in, different, in totally different ways, um, but how they impacted my dad and my mom. and I can see every day how my dad and my mom have impacted me. not just that, uh, but as I think about. Uh, the three moms that really uh, that I know well, I think of my mom. Uh, one of the things my mom used to do all the time, and it's the thing that stands out to me most. My mom's gone now, but um, we uh, we lived in Santa Barbara, and I uh, most of the time I walked to school. Even uh, in high school, I walked to school a little bit, and uh, in middle school, I walked from the bus stop home. And so I walk home. And I would remember almost every day, my mom would be, uh, I'd walk home and when I got home, my mom would be reading a book. Um, it, it probably was not that great of a book. Like it wasn't like these great theology books. It was probably these romance novels or whatever. Um, she would, she loved to read and she would always be reading. And as I'd come home, my mom would, uh, like, she'd say, oh, hi, and then she'd close her book, and she'd say, how was your day? And then she'd listen to my boring, long, detailed stories. This is how I became a pastor, by the way. Um, she would listen to my stories and just, oh, that's nice, and, like, she would let me talk. I My mom was willing to listen to me. Uh, I think about a mom, and that, that's a, a key piece for a mom to be... Uh, ready and willing to listen to her kids. That's how you get to know your kids, as you listen to them, even if they're telling crazy stories, as I probably did. I think about uh, my mother-in-law, and I won't embarrass her too much, but I th- when I think of her and her relationship to her kids and now her grandkids, she's always cheering for them. She always wants to like, think the best of them and to cheer for them and to want them to succeed. I always see that in her Uh, Even though I know some of her kids and her grandkids, and they're not perfect, but she's always cheering for them. And then my wife—not to embarrass you either, babe—but I think of her, and she's always thinking and plotting for her kids' best. You know, she wakes up in the morning, and the first thing she says is something like, "You know, how can we do this?" Or how can we? And I'm like, "Whoa." You know, I need about a couple hours, cups of coffee, you know, some things before I'm ready to talk, but she's raring to go. And not just in the morning, but at night as well. And she's always thinking, what can I do to help them so that they might succeed, so that they might know? And always evaluating, do, do they need more? Can we teach them more? And and always wanting, always wanting their success. And and I think about that, and I I know you ladies here today, um, you could have been great, you could have been great, but you chose to be a mom. And, And I say that, and you say, how dare you? How dare you say that I'm not great? What I'm saying is that you sacrificed greatness in some other area So that somebody else could be great. Your kids could be great. I see that in my wife. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. It's a tough time to be a mom. Uh, How many of you, uh, you know, I I was laughing at one of the kids here. I won't point out their parents. It's good to see Christy here today. Um, uh, But uh, he said, he talked about mom helping doing homework. Uh, You know, it's been a rough year, huh? (laughs) Uh, you've gone to class, you know, you were the, uh, you gone to class, but it was just through your stupid computer or uh, FaceTiming or whatever. You're zooming, right? You're zooming. We're really doing school. We're zooming. Um, we're learning a ton. Yeah, right. Um, learning to multitask is what kids were doing. Uh, it's on, but I'm doing something else. Uh, it, it's been a rough time to be a, a, a mom and to think about how to uh, cheer your kids on, how to do what's best for them, how to help them develop and uh, to get through a difficult time. I think that's the tough thing about being a parent, right? It's not just you getting through the difficult time. It's your kids and how to have them thrive during this time. So it's been a tough year, uh, a very tough year. Um, And as I think about the future... You get ready for more tough times, right? And as you're a mom, as you think about that, that's part of what you're doing. You're preparing your kids to succeed during tough times. And so this morning, I want to talk to you. uh, I want to share from God's word and give you kind of a picture of the plan of God, the plan of God. And hopefully in doing this, we will fill our roles Each one of us, uh, not just as moms, but as children and what we are supposed to do. Ephesians chapter 6. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you uh, what God says. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, uh, this is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. God, we ask your blessing on your word and I pray specifically that moms would be encouraged and strengthened to persevere, uh, that they might find joy in the journey, uh, that they might uh, be a blessing uh, to their kids, but also to their parents and specifically to their moms god we thank you for this time we thank you that you've directed us we pray this in jesus name amen amen before you close you can sit down uh before you uh, close don't close the bible ever you know okay just keep it open just keep it open in your lap yeah I was just thinking of those of you who are using tablets here. Um, you always are worried about the battery, so you have that little thing setting like that. Take the setting thing i don 't know if you can do that, but uh, so it doesn 't shut down on you. Uh, but get this picture in your mind we 're in the Bible, and as you look at chapter five, I want to show you something that just for context, if you look in chapter Five of the book of Ephesians, it says In verse uh, 16, I'm sorry, 15, it says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And then it goes on to talk about not living in foolish ways um, and going on. But how do we live? This is the question at the end of the book of Ephesians. How do we live as a Christian? What does it look like? And one of, the, one of the things that's being directed here is for children or for families. If you look down past the passage that I even read, it's going to say fathers, right? And really the picture of fathers is the picture of the parents and how they're to direct uh, their children. And it's going to go on to others too, uh, other different uh, groups of people, uh, slaves, and how they're to uh, relate to their masters as well. As you look at this, you realize uh, that God has some, uh, it's not just ideas, but he has a design for the family. He has a design. And as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we follow that pattern. And, and, and I want you to think right now, how were you made? What were you made for? What is your role To think about that right now. To think, how is it that I'm supposed to be living right now? And I want to say it this way. How do we live in light of the fact that God has caused us to be born again? That we are His. That He is our Lord and and Savior and we are His children. How do we live because of what He has done? And, And in the passage that I just read to you from Ephesians 5... How do I make the most of these days? How many more days do you have? W- w- wouldn't you really want to know? I would really want to know, right? You know, uh, uh, we don't know. We don't know. Um, you know, I-, I-, I think of my life. I'm 52 and we were looking at things uh, for the roof this past week. And um, they were talking about a 50-year roof for the church. And I did the math and I said, so if it doesn't last till I'm 102, right? Uh, and uh, you think about these things and you realize that, that we have a shelf life, that we have a plan, that God is working that out, and that there's a day that we're going to go home. We don't know. And so from that day, from, from, from that day where we're going to go home, but also from the day today, how do we make the most of those days? And Paul writes instruction on how us as god's people how we should live and he addresses in chapter six children children i think it's important uh to think through the role of a child to understand uh how mom fits in in ephesians chapter six it says children obey children obey how many how many of you parents have told this to your kids you just tell it to them all the time, you know. And then there's negotiations, right? Well, why? I don't want to. You know, there's whining, and you know, maybe this was just my household. Maybe, maybe it doesn't happen in your, uh, you know. Um, you know, I think about uh, all the. The times my kids disobeyed and I don't think about all the time because I don't have that good of a memory Uh, but I I think about all those especially when they were young that whole push and pull um, that them they wanted to be in charge and I realized that God had placed me in charge and there was this battle of the wills and very clearly and I think by design it just says children obey children obey and your kids can understand that. You, you can, you can uh, exposit this passage for them. Uh, you can read it. It says, children obey. I don't read yet. Trust me, okay? Trust me. It says children. It says C. That's the, that's the first letter in child, which children. That's you. You obey. Obey. You know what obey means? And they're like, I, you know, I'm a little fuzzy on the Greek word obey, you know, uh, children obey. It means that you do, you do what your parents say and, and, and I'm the parent, I'm the parent. So you're the child, I'm the parent, the child is to obey. Um, I, I want to tell you that that's God's design, God's design. And for you young parents here right now, I want to tell you, um, you're not following the Lord. You're not following the Lord when you say, oh, they don't need to obey. (laughs) Because God's word is clear that it says children are to obey their parents. Some of you are going, yeah, this is a good passage for me because I'm a parent. I want to tell you that... uh, it's not that easy. I, I, I know most of you know that. It's not that easy, right? It's this this responsibility and trying to f- fight sometimes for this idea and, and the idea of what should they obey, what is important in our home. Uh, not, everything can't be important in your home, right? And some of you have thought, you know, everything's going to be important and everything's going to be perfect, and uh, that's a frustrating situation. Uh, uh, squirrel wheel, if you will, uh, if, if that's your home. But, but it calls the principle, God's design is that children would obey their parents. I, I want to go back and say this. It doesn't say parents obey your children. If that's happening in your home, bad stuff's happening in your home. Bad stuff. And not just bad stuff, ungodly stuff. And not just ungodly stuff, but damaging stuff. It's going to ruin your home. And I would even say it this way, it's going to ruin a generation that's going to have ripple effects for years to come. Children, obey your parents. Uh, Very simple, but important piece. And this is God's design. It says this, that they're to obey their parents Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And, and this, this idea here is this, that this is the Lord's design for the child as well as the parent. It's this part of their relationship with Christ. And I think it's probably for a child, it's the first step of faith after they come to salvation that they can do. If your child comes to faith and they, they say, you know, I have I trust in Christ, I, I'm a believer, I believe in Jesus... You say, "Oh wonderful." And then, as this comes up, you say, "Well, a believer in Jesus, you know what how they act towards their parents. They obey. not because they want to, not because they agree, not because they they feel like it, but because they love Jesus. They obey Him, and this is part of their relationship with the Lord. This is part of this uh, a, a family or a home that's following after the Lord. The parents are walking with Christ, trying to serve him. And the child, as they come to faith, they try to serve him as well by obeying their parents. This is the picture. It's there to listen and to obey their parents. It's not their friends. It's not their friends. We need to teach our kids that they are not to obey their friends. You know, there there was a classic line that Moses' mom told Moses about his friends he says well if your friends would have jumped off a cliff would you have gone also it's been passed down from generation to generation your kids don't think they'll say it but they will as they grow up to be parents on their own on their own it's not their friends it's not the trends of, of this day. It's not by Googling the right answer. It's not looking to your peers for affirmation. But it's parents. It's a Christian responsibility. It's an act of faith. And so um, I, I want to encourage you parents to not give up. You moms not give up that idea that your kids are, you need to teach them to obey you. Because this is God's design. This is God's design. And, and I, I want to encourage you. Part of what I'm doing this morning is saying an obvious teaching from the Scripture that is going the way of the dodo in our culture. It's becoming extinct. It, it, it's becoming less obvious. And so I, I'm saying that which is obvious this morning children to obey their parents and their parents to uh, assume that role that their ch- children would obey and realize that comes from god it's his part of his design his order it, it says this as it goes on it says um children obey your parents and the lord for this is right for this is right and and when you see the idea of this is right, he's, he's stating the obvious. This is right in the eyes of God. This is my design for the family. This is my design for the children as well as the parents. And so this is right in my eyes. And, and this picture for us this morning is that we would constantly be looking back to the Lord and looking back to his design and saying, God, what do you have for my family? What, what do you have for my family is not what the world has for my family. But that obedience by children is what's right in the eyes of God. It's part of his pleasure for you. It's part of what he uh, has and hopes and the best that he has for you and your family that you would obey. The children would obey uh, their parents and parents would obey uh, God and that they would instruct their children in a way that would honor him in that relationship. It's right in his sight. As we move on, he gives an example or he points back to the Old Testament to the Ten Commandments. He says, honor your father and mother. It's not that this is different. It's not that it is different, but it is Uh, brings out a a different role. And what I want to get to this morning is this is your forever job to honor your father and mother. As you think about what it is to honor, sometimes that's hard to do, right? Uh, As you think about, it's the idea of giving them preference or to uh, think about them in your actions, uh, as you think about honoring your mom today, it's Mother's Day, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you reflect on that? How do you grant her honor? There's a lot of different ways, right? And, and sometimes that's hard for us to think uh, in terms of what would be good for her. But it's not just being uh, doing something good for her. It's, it's the idea of taking what she's given uh, you and who she is... And having that reflect in your life. Um, m- many of you have had the heartbreak of having to do this, but have you ever uh, sat with your child in court before? Um, as a pastor, I- I've gotten to be with families as they've gone into court uh, because their their children, most of the time, teenagers have done something wrong and and this is hard for kids to get it's hard for kids to get that what they do how they act even when mom's not around is either honoring or dishonoring to her and uh you know i i I haven't been to court but there's always back to school night right uh my dad will be in the second service, and his memory's not as sharp as it once was, but he somehow can remember back to school night, right? And, and why is that a big deal? Why is that a big deal? Because the actions of the children reflect on the parents. And it's not that, uh, I want you to get this, it's not that they're always deserving, right? Right? But uh, as a child, you can either honor or dishonor your parents by the way that you live. And so he connects uh, this idea of children's obedience. It's not just about obedience. It's about honoring your father and mother. As I think about this, uh, it's the idea of as we are living, factoring in our mom into what's going on. I, I think about uh, what this means and uh, for a teenager when they're driving, right? When they're learning to drive and they're they're finally out on their own, is their driving uh, reflecting or factoring in what mom's reputation would be all about? Is it honoring to her when they're working, when they're talking? You know, the language that they use and the way they represent the family name. When they're with their friends, when they go to the big city, like. Bakersfield or something like that, you know, go traveling down the road. Um, and and I think sometimes it's hard to figure out what is honoring. Uh, if you're struggling with what that picture is, think about what is dishonoring. I think that's easier, isn't it, right? We, we know what reflects on a mom, what breaks her heart. I, I think that uh, many of you moms have already experienced that, but but as children, uh, most of the time you have another story where you dishonored your mom and it hurt her. And you remember that. And I hope that you, you are like me. I remember one specific time when I was in high school and I was, uh, you know, talking back to my mom. And uh, I, I made her cry. And I, I remember I w- wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but I thought to myself, A note to self don't do that again. You don't want to experience this again. And the idea of causing your mom to smile, to be encouraged by the way that you live, is honoring to her. It's honoring. I think about this, this whole idea of honoring your... uh, your parents say I, I wish that it just stayed with the kids in the teenage years right and even the 20s and you uh, but that's not true is it right you are reflecting what's gone on even if your mom like me my mom is gone but there's evidence of her life and me that lives on there's things that she taught me and and, and I play a role right I, I'm part of a generation My mom and dad have invested in me and they had parents that invested in them and they they had parents and and it ripples down and and there's evidence of what's gone on before in me. And the question is, how do I fill my role? And this is part of God's design. I want to tell you that it's not not about you remembering and knowing who your great-grandparents are or your great-great-grandparents are. You couldn't have known them well. But the question is, will the impact of your life be found in your kids, your grandkids, and the generations to come? That's what that making the most, making the most of the days now until the Lord would take us home. What would be dishonoring to our parents as adults, even being unfaithful in marriage, being dishonest in in dealings, being addicted to alcohol or drugs, uh, having a mouth that dishonors and uh, doesn't, isn't kind, isn't known as one in the community that is honoring to the Lord. And, and really keep this simple, right? This is not just in the context of the family, but what is about glorifying the Lord. And if you're confused about this, just glorify the Lord and that will honor your parents. It's very simple, Honor the Lord, and that will honor your parents. Um, it's interesting uh, that as this comes from the Ten Commandments, this, this section here that says, uh, honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. It's not the first commandment, but it's the first one with a promise. And the promise is in verse 3. It says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. As you look at this in the Old Testament, you realize that that's what they were uh, about, was living long in the land. And what was the land? What was the land? Promised land, Israel, the promised land. It was the, the land. And, and what was that meant to be? That was meant to be their home, their home. And, and where were they to live their good life, their best life then now? Um, it was to be in the land, Right? It wasn't to be outside the land. It wasn't wandering in the wilderness. It was the place, the destination of home. And and what I get as a picture here is what's going to be good for your home? What's going to be good for the place that you're living and the people you're living with? Honor your father and mother so that you can live long and live life in the land, the place that God had designed for you the situation that he has for you. We don't live in the the promised land right now. Um, Maybe in California, this is the promised land. I don't know. But um, the picture here is in our home, the place that we're living and residing down here. How how can it go well? How can we thrive? How can it be the, the good place? Honor your father and mother. Why? Because this is God's design for you. It's God's design. You see, one of the attacks of the enemy, one of the attacks of the enemy, uh, God has set up this generational thing. Father and mother have kids. These kids learn from their father and mother. They learn to follow the Lord. They grow up, they get married, and they start a new family, a new generation that does that same thing. This is God's plan. What's the enemy's plan? mess it up he doesn't have another plan other than mess it up he, he doesn't have this like i have a replacement plan uh he, he doesn't have a replacement plan it's like you know lighter fluid and matches is all he's got and he's just trying to mess things up all the time and so as you think about this that's why there's an attack on marriage that's why it's a struggle to raise kids that's why there's the internet I mean, I, I don't mean that in a sense of like the electronics in and of themselves are evil, but like that's what he's attempting to use the internet for. The enemy is trying to draw your kids away from you. How, do you, uh, how should kids learn about being adults? TikTok, <laughs> Right? Influencers, people that they don't know, people that they'll never meet, people that may not even exist. No, they should learn from their parents. That's God's design. That's God's design. This is the, the, the way things go. This is God's economy. This is how he works things out as he gives parents to children, so that they could grow up to be parents to so have more children, grandchildren. Now and and then on and on, like that. This is God's design. And when st- stuff messes that up, so so this is what I want you to get. I want to encourage you. Um, it's easy for us to think in other terms of how do I be a man how do I be a woman how do I be a dad or a mom how does this happen I want to tell you you should see that in your parents you should have that modeled and when you don't get it you should ask questions of your mother and father or of a generation before you. I I realize that not everyone has parents that have honored the Lord, and that's part of God's grace for you too, that He's going to make that up. But this this idea that we look to a generation above us and ask, this is God's design. So you got this picture, both in obedience, but even more than that, to honor uh, father and mother, That this is God's design. That it would go well with you that you'd live long in the land, that there would be a good life for you in your home, the place where you live. As you think about this in the book of Genesis, what happens, right? You have Adam and it's not good, right? He was the only thing that wasn't good. It wasn't that Adam was not good. It was not good for him to be alone, and so he created Eve, and out of this union, set up the generations that were to come. It says, be fruitful and fill the earth when, when they were in the garden, right? Uh, why? Because this is God's design, that there would be generations that come after. And I'm not talking about having more kids, or uh, for those of you who haven't been blessed with kids, that's fine but I want to tell you that God's pattern for civilization in this earth is that parents would have kids and go on from there. Um, Yeah, and some of you have done your part being fruitful and multiplying and trying to fill the earth and our classes that are going on over there. Um, Awesome. That's why we rejoice here at Bear Valley Church when uh, there's little ones around and new births because we realize that this is part of God's plan. God's design for us is that moms and dads are to teach others, the generation below, how to be moms and dads, and in time to become grandparents and to teach generationally that the family lines would continue to go on. And it might be rough, it might be rough, uh, but each generation has a role to fill both that they would set up the next generation and in their generation honor their father and mother uh, that it might go well with them. This is God's design. And so I want to say it today that God has blessed, I got to work it in too, I, I got to work it into the surprise box, that God has blessed families with moms. And uh, it's easy to, um, in our uh, picture world, and I say picture world because on your phones, most of you can look at the picture of somebody else's family. And you might want to trade. You might want to trade. Um, might have a bad day and you go, you know what? I'm going to trade this kid. I want this kid for this kid. Or even worse, this husband for this, you know. Uh, and, and you might want to trade. And you might want to say, uh, you know, somehow this is wrong and I could fix it. I could fix it. I want to tell you, uh, if you're going to fix what God has done, you're going to mess up what God has done and think you're fixing it. And and, and this role for you, as especially I want to encourage you moms to look at your husband and, and look at your kids and say, this is where God has me. This is his design, his special purpose and design for me. And so, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. I'm going to make the most of these days from now until he takes me home to fulfill my role in my generation, my time uh, in, in my family. I want to encourage you, as children, and all of us are children, to think about this life and say, My mom went through a lot for me. She may not be here anymore. My mom did things for me she set me up in such a way and now i'm going to live to honor her life now i'm going to think about what's dishonoring selfishness never helps it always ruins and so this idea of saying I, i'm part of you know a, a chain here a generational chain that now i'm supposed to make my mom look good because she invested in me and part of that, a large part of that, is how I treat the next generation. So, ladies, uh, there's a card that was strewn around the, the pews here. Um, it's I have an example of it right here. It's beautiful. Because, ladies, you like beautiful things. And... Some of you ladies might not be moms here and you, you fulfill a role in our world today and uh, some of you might be younger and you haven't been a mom yet or hoping to be a mom. But this is not just a, a verse for moms, but it's the verse of the day for moms, okay? And the scripture tells us, it says this, and this is a, kind of the prayer for the day. The Lord would bless you and keep you. The Lord would make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace as a prayer for you today god thank you thank you for the many blessings of this life thank you for your kindness thank you for your these moms here i ask that you shower them with your grace today that they would not think about that which isn't right and that which they could do better, but think about the blessings and the role that they play and that they might see the impact they have for the generations to come. That's that you give them perseverance and strength that they might do and, and be able and to accomplish and that they would not feel like quitting. God, thank you for your grace, your blessings to us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.